I'll give you an angina Making more dough than director Rob Ronda If you heckle me, I'll give your ass a shiner Then diss you with a dope-ass one-liner I'm the mic Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Last Exit to Brooklyn, uh, Historic Media Podcast Networks. Um, we have a couple of guests uh, who are also on the same network as us from the Mangina Dialogues. Um, Nick Scopes. Yeah, let's hear it. And uh, Greg Alprin. I was waiting for applause, but I forgot we're not. Um, how are you guys doing? We were on your podcast uh, a couple of months ago. And now, yeah, awesome. uh, now we got you guys to be on this. Payback's a bitch. <laughs> and now we're all on the same network. We're all best friends. This is great. <laughs> I know. It's kind of like, uh, you know, like when you see those stars from the different TV shows all hang out or do a promo together. <laughs> yeah. Is it like that, Tom? Battle the network stars. Yeah. yeah. Remember you'd see that like uh, back in the day, they would make them all kind of hang out. And you'd think that like the cast of different strokes and facts of life were just like best friends. <laughs> yeah. Naro's place in Beverly Hills, 90210, hanging around. Yeah. Johnny Rockets. I, um, I did a show once on True TV, this awful show, and <clears throat> Todd Bridges was on it, and Tanya Harding, and all these like B list uh, celebrities. And uh, it's generous calling them B list. Yeah. I know. <laughs> F list. They weren't even on the list. Um, <laughs> there was no list. <laughs> but they were like, uh, people would see me be like, oh, so you like hang out with them? And I was like, no, I've never seen any of them ever, never in in person. So Were they in New York? I think they were in LA. And it was one of those shows where it was like a talking head show and they would, you would just tape by yourself. Um, and it was an awful show, but it was just funny looking back because if you told me when I was a kid, like, oh, you're going to be on a show with Todd Bridges one day, I would I would have thought I was, like, a millionaire and, like, had made it to the top of showbiz. Are you going to tell us the name of this TV show, or are you, you're not going to tell us? Well, it started out called um, Smoking Gun Presents, and then they changed it to World's Dumbest. <laughs> um, and it would be, like, World's Dumbest, like, criminals, World's Dumbest oh, okay. partiers. And it would just... The theme of it was they had these people who had gotten like celebrities who were known for being shit shows and they would be on it. And then they'd kind of have comedians on it to be actually funny. Cause Tanya Harding was just kind of a train wreck. Yeah. Um, so yeah, That's that, was pretty a, funny. that was a pretty long. So how, how are you guys? So how long have you guys been on Stork media uh, podcast networks now? Since, I don't know. When did it start, Greg? June. We, we came on the first week of June. And how did that? How did that happen? Were you guys? Did they approach you? We're just very. We're just crazy talented, and they're like, we can't <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. They, they heard we had you guys on. They were like, we really got to step up our talent. <laughs> That's game. definitely true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you had some good guests on your show. Just kidding. No, you know, it's actually I. You know, thanks to the um, the publicist of theirs. After we had you guys on. I just, you know, started talking to her and she was talking to me about the network and said I should talk to Kristen and we kind of just had a couple conversations and it just seemed like a good marriage for now. Nice. We're married? You didn't tell me that shit. <laughs> well, we're divorced. But. Well, I like that you didn't make it perfect, oh, okay. you know, for now. That, that's what all marriages <laughs> should be. Just, well, right. I mean, 50% in the, the divorce. Yeah, that should they be would, in the vows. They for would now. go for sure better. All of them would go better. <laughs> there was just that for now. Um, no, they're great. I, they're they're you know you guys know they're they're oh yeah they're really great people and 
you know, it's cool to be in something that is from the start. And yes, you know, um, yeah, yeah, that's sort of what I liked. I liked that it was it was new. You know, they they obviously have a a good pedigree on where they come from. Um, you know, and that's kind of exciting to be with people that are you know working towards something. You know, we're in a big just, legal battle with them, right? They owe us millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, well, we're trying to get on top of that money. So, damn, dude, you didn't get our contract. That's what we get paid. What we get, Greg, like half a million a year. Wow, we got stock in Last Exit to Brooklyn. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a good move. No. And four cheese sticks. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys buy in at zero? We bought a negative three hundred sixty. I hope you're shorting that stock. Yeah, we shorted it hard. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you know, you, you know, you always watch those like bios about like a band, and then they, you know, they blow up, and then they're the band's like, oh yeah, and then um, they paid us nothing. Yeah, yeah. I always think it's funny that that's the route that they always go. The co- the record company, they're like, yeah, we're gonna give you nothing. It's just kind of <laughs> like just like with the Beastie Boys, they basically said when License to Ill blew up, it sold like. 10 million copies they gave them no royalties yeah. and so of course there was this contentious but it's like why not just give them like a million dollars you know what i mean <laughs> and just why is it always nothing <laughs> <laughs> it's it really is it's like so we could give you a little but we're gonna give you nothing we're gonna watch we're gonna see what happens and right just we're gonna make like i to go back i was on a before the true tv show they paid me but i was on a vh1 show and they called me and they were like Hey, we want you to be on the show. And I was like, oh, wow, this is so great. And they were like, yeah, we don't pay anything. <laughs> and I was, I was like, oh, and I fucking still did it. Yeah. That's how bad it was. So I technically, know. it's not a job. It was a favor. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so, like. They know we all we all have low self esteem and we won't work for anything. <laughs> and also, there's just like a thousand people behind you that'll do it. So, yeah. and, they, and I think nobody questions nothing. You know, when you get some money, you feel like you're underpaid. When you get nothing, you're like, oh, I guess that's what you get paid. Nothing. But that's what I was thinking. Like, why nothing? Why couldn't they, in the meeting, couldn't they have just been like, just give them like $100 so it's <laughs> so they have some integrity with it or they have some dignity with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's so funny that that's the template in a lot, you know, in showbiz. It's just like, yeah, just don't give them, just give them nothing. So, and then they always get, they're always like, well, why are you suing us? And it's like, because you like, treated us like complete dirt the entire time so yeah goo goo doll story oh really oh what's their story no that's the exact story they for real yeah 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 they i just thought that i just assumed since they had like all those radio hits that they would be just huge commercial successes like no that's it's legit their story they like signed away all their rights for like their first three records that were their biggest records and and had to go sue the record companies and then you know had nothing and Whatever. Yeah, I mean, what is that? I mean, that's got to be such a. I was watching like that Straight Outta Compton movie, and there's a part where Ice Cube goes solo, and he's like, the guy's like the manager or the record guy is like, yeah, well, I can't pay you for the first one, but if it's a hit, then the second one I'll pay you. And he's like, all right. And then the second one is a hit, and he's like, yeah, I, I still can't pay you. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it, you know, there's something about that that's obviously criminal, but like ballsy for just for someone to be like i'm gonna do all this and i'm not gonna pay you anything after the fact and what are you gonna do about it it's like so gangster yeah there is yeah. something really gangster. Really wild um have you have you guys ever experienced anything like that with like a contract where in showbiz where they were like where they ripped you off i mean i'm sure you have 
I have. Greg, Greg probably has. <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. I, I'm very, it, I mean, I do a lot of contracts and I'm, I'm the least litigious person in the world. Like I'm very against how everyone's, you know, I'm going to sue you for this. I'm going to sue you for that. It's, it's really what sucks about this world. And, you know, as far as the legal system goes for me. So I'm very conscious of every contract that I, I look at and sign to make sure that I'm not signing something that I don't, I either can't stand behind myself or don't feel good about signing, knowing that there's some ambiguity somewhere in that, in that agreement. Like, so anything I've, I've ever signed, I've been very comfortable with and have not luckily gotten screwed. And you're able to go I through a contract back, and understand I, it. I did, I did get screwed one time actually. And then use that. That was, that was our private time. Right, right, right. That was that was me. And we met in the gym locker room. That was I, when you were in the Google were, Dolls. Yeah, <laughs> but I I used that like that experience to make sure that that never happened again, mm. and it never has. Yeah, because I I signed a contract for like I made a movie and these guys distributed it and they gave me a shitty contract it was two and actually it was right before i went to law school i was kind of like you know i think i'm gonna go to law school this is yeah. a, um <laughs> an interesting move <laughs> for that you're like i'm gonna go to school for three years and read for three years yeah i i kind of have make a lot of weird choices like that um it wasn't just because of that but um uh it was uh i even now i'm i'm trying to like because they, what they do is they they make it so confusing so that you just have no idea how to like what's going on and then they kind of scare you you know they're like like i remember their lawyer specifically being like like um what what you know kind of like strong arming me like being like on the phone like well i mean are you going to sign the contract i mean or should we just go find another movie you know and i was <laughs> like um Okay, you know, and I'm I have no one interested, so I'm kind of like, yeah, I, I guess I'll give you my movie for for nothing or a really confusing contract. Yeah, yeah it sucks. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a. You say you, you 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 have a lot of contracts you worked on. Yeah, contracts, agreements, all kinds of stuff. Um, like I mean, for I, what kind of? I'm curious, like what kind of stuff specifically? Well, like, for a while, I was producing and developing TV and some film. So nice. I was in contracts with production companies, studios, actors, producers, directors, the whole nine yards. So, and I was doing most of those myself. I, I had an entertainment attorney, but um, I just, I took, I, I knew what I needed to do. I went to someone when I needed to, and then basically had com templates and just it was plug and play after, after a while. And then the only one that was confusing was this agreement with Sony, but it ultimately turned out fine. Um, but then my main business, um, I do marketing consumer products for all the entertainment companies and studios. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I should be a lawyer for how many contracts wow. I, I deal with yeah. um, from the entertainment companies. So it's, it's kind of second hat to me now. Yeah, that's good. Greg's like okay. a, a real adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's an integral part to the podcast and the comedy club we have here in Connecticut that we book because it's Greg and then me and then two other idiots and we're like, <laughs> you know, we'll be like, yeah, let's just start doing this and do that. And Greg's like, wait a minute, you need this, you need that, you also need insurance, you need, and we're like, oh, oh, you really? <laughs> it's just like, do whatever you want. So he's always the voice of reason. So it's Greg and three idiots. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a game of the company. That's a oh, good what's name the name for of the a band. Club again? 
Uh, the club is called it's, uh, the Basement. Yeah, the Basement in South Norwalk, Connecticut. It's in a top. It's in an attic. COVID. <laughs> are are yeah, you guys are you guys tower doing shows there again? Tomorrow night is our first one. Really? It's since since when? March thirteenth. No, March thirteenth. March thirteenth. Last show we did was Friday yeah. the thirteenth. Yeah. Oh wow! So how are you guys doing that? Uh, I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of like obvious like changes or whatever. Like, how are uh, you guys trying to do very it? carefully? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the uh, Connecticut luckily is in pretty good shape and has mm-hmm. been. So, there the only things not open right now in Connecticut are straight bars that don't serve food. So, just straight drinking alcohol bars. Oh. And oh, I thought you meant not gay bars. Gay bars are wide open. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, I didn't know." Yeah, <laughs> no pun intended. Well, gay um, bars kind of have—they're kind of at an advantage because, like, Glory Hole sex is kind of—you know—it's oh, like yeah. old, it's old hat to them. <laughs> totally, totally socially distanced. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, the club—you um, know, the, our club was actually in a basement, right? So, mm-hmm. we can't use the basement. Bar. Yeah, basement, basement of a two of a two level bar. So now. They're taking the club upstairs for obvious reasons because you know the basement isn't conducive to social distancing. It's not ceilings aren't high enough, so we're moving upstairs, and it's pretty unique. There's a like a DJ, like a raised DJ booth, which is I think where the comedy, the comedians are going to go, and then it's just tables. So it holds right now about fifty-five people. Have you done any? Have you? Have How you many does any it comedy? hold? Sorry. No, sorry. I was just going to say, have you done any comedy? Like, not that show, but like, have you done any comedy since this whole thing? We we also were running um, an open mic night last year. We started, and then me and Nick, when we when we took over this comedy club in October, sort of divested ourselves of that, of running that open mic night, and it's at a friend's friend's bar restaurant here in town, and. He asked me if I wanted to get it going again about a month ago because they're allowed to do some stuff with limited people inside and um, with entertainment. So we started doing the open mic about a month ago, actually. So Nick has done four weeks worth of rough <laughs> stand up. What's it? What was it horrible, like? Horrible, horrible <laughs> set. I did a set last you night. Understand, like, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What are you saying? I, no, I was just going to say, oh, I, I, I did a show last night, the first one I've done in New York City um, since March. Where, since where March. did you Yeah, Tom, where'd you do it? Um, the Apollo? No, yeah. it was... Um, wow. No, no, They're it open. was... Um, <laughs> Sold out, four shows, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. I was opening for uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, um, okay. <laughs> no, it was... Um, it, it was at this place, Three Monkeys, and it's kind of like... Oh yeah, it's a bar and upstairs they had like it's kind of enclosed, but it's still outside. Um, it was okay. I mean, I've done stand up like since this has all started, but not in New York City. Like I actually did some in like Minneapolis, but it's it's weird. Like even if you just don't do stand up for like two or three weeks, it's like you know, it's it. it I feel like stand up is one of the easiest uh, things to get bad at fast. Yeah, you know. For yeah. sure. Yeah, I had to watch today. I was watching my old set to remember shit for tomorrow because I was like, "What did I used to say? Like, what? Mm-hmm. What was this joke again?" Mm-hmm. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be interesting after four months. I mean, like, I've been doing, like I said, I've been doing sets at the 
the bar we have, the open mic, but you know, this will be like an actual crowd and like people and a little bit more pressure. So we'll see. It'll well, be interesting. I'm well, excited though. Well, that it's finally back. You know, plus the open mic, it's just comedians doing comedy for other comedians who don't really give a shit about you <laughs> and are kind of like, <laughs> like may, hoping you do bad. So that, you know, there's no encouragement from right. 20 other open micers. You know? Right. Not so very was, generous laughers. Yeah, no, for but sure. But when you do, when you do get that laugh or the pop, like it's so satisfying because <laughs> you know they don't want to laugh. Mm -hmm. That's true. yeah. It's weird. I did it last night. It wasn't that great? And I'm like, why? What was I missing about this? It's kind of like getting back with like an old girlfriend. You're like, yeah. oh yeah, this was shitty. That's exactly how I would describe. <laughs> have you seen the shows that, that they've literally been, perfect? Have you seen the ones they've been doing in the park that Stand Up New York's been doing in Central Park? No, I've I've seen the the promos. Have you have you been on them? Or have no, you seen I them? haven't. I haven't. But we've had a bunch of friends who have done those shows, mm -hmm. and it just looks like that. There's one person standing in the front of a, you know, just in the lawn, screaming yeah. at people on picnic blankets. That's what it looks like. You're and right. I'm like, how how does that how is that even working? Like, <laughs> it's just like I. It's such a weird thing to explain, especially to I think, of course, other comedians and and comedy club owners and, and even waitresses and, and bartenders, they all get it. But if you try to like explain why you can't do comedy in a park to like just a normal person who doesn't like live in the comedy world, they never understand it. And it's also, I have trouble explaining what it is, It, but it's just like comedy is not nice. This is the best I got. It's like, you can't have like a nice yard and like nice things. And then some guy, you know, just yelling about something like awful or like a girl talking about her pussy. And like, you know, that's right. kind of in a garden, in a garden, you know, like, and, and like there's you never yell about your pussy in a garden and the birds are chirping. It's just like, you need it to be kind of a gross or at least not even, it doesn't have to be gross, but at least like dark. Yeah. Uh, and the audience needs to not really be able to see each other. And, and honestly, it's all smoke and mirrors and bullshit anyway. I mean, I guess comedy could work outside at night, but I don't think a lot of people are doing that because lighting setups are like, yeah. I, don't well, know I, I just didn't understand why someone didn't bring a battery powered amplifier with a mic. Like it's not that difficult. You go into the subway and there's a hundred guys playing the guitar through an amplifier. No, you know what it is. Apparently, you need a license for that's, that. That's exactly oh, is that what it is. is. Yeah, someone told around, me you can go you around can get, Central Park and just do anything. But once you have a mic and stuff, it's like a performance. Then you got to get mm -hmm. a permit. Mm -hmm. So when I heard that, do I've done. I've done stand up without a mic with, with like maybe 20 times. And it's, I just am like, this isn't stand. I don't know what the, this is not me being, I, I feel like it's just not me performing because I need a mic. I need, I always get so self conscious that no one can hear me. So, mm. you know what I mean? And that, that's, and I also, I've done stand up outside with a mic and an amplifier and still just feel like no one. And if you're thinking the whole time, like, is anyone hearing this? It just really ruins your timing for yeah. sure. So even last night, it was a smaller area, but it was kind of outside. I felt like no one could hear me. And I, you know, I, I feel like I'm like a pretty subtle, you know, my delivery is pretty subtle. So it's kind of like once I make it a little bigger, it's just I'm not me it kinda anymore. Kind of ruins it. Yeah. 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 So it is a, probably a have you guys Have you guys been though, doing, but, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, have you guys, have you guys been doing Zoom shows? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Only a few. They, these two have been doing a ton. 
I li- I like How them. Is I I kind of really? prefer them to yeah, stand that's up. That's crazy. I'm sorry. That's so crazy. I know. Well, I'm crazy. Wild. Why is why is that? Well, like, I think it's good. People laughing. Like, what's like the? Well, I, I'll tell you. This is why. All right. So, I've first. I've only done like five, and they haven't been. They've all been pretty good. Um, but I think what it is is that. I, I like that I'm just at home. It makes me less nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, I get very nervous doing stand-up. Um, I also like that, like, it's not like you're, no one, like, no one's doing great. So it's not like a thing of, like, wow, that guy killed, and now I'm going to go on and bomb. It's kind of like, yeah, everyone kind of did bad. So, and if you do, like, pretty good, it's like you've done amazing. You know what I mean? If you can hear, like, one time I did it, and I could hear, like, three people laughing everyone else was muted and that was i feel like that's kind of when i'm at my best like i feel like i'm at my best and funniest the audience when I'm... is muted <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well well when i started some guy i had a hat on like a texas rangers hat. And he was like uh, texas rangers and i just muted him and i was like wow this is so much easier to deal with people when they're just when i want them to <laughs> shut up <laughs> yeah like they just i was like yeah turn that guy off um but also, I you know I, I just feel more comfortable doing it. I does it's like no pressure. You're, when you're done, you don't have to like take the subway home and think about how badly you did, or yeah. you're just like right next to your bed and you can turn your computer <laughs> off. Can I, can I say a few things? So I miss sounds like, like sounds like stand up causes you a lot of emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, I I miss you don't miss uh you know hanging out at comedy clubs with comics and doing a show and then hanging out with them like that's that's a huge yeah, that's a that's a big part of my it. life right now that you know for four months i haven't seen a lot of my friends and i don't I know i do i know i i miss that i mean um do you guys miss that i mean big t- i do yeah of course yeah i mean it's, i always get to, i'm I, i'm with you though i always get so nervous before shows like you could ask Greg. He, he even like will look over at me and, like before I go on. He's like, "Are you all right, man? What's the matter with you?" Like, <laughs> I'm a complete nervous wreck. But I mean, once after it's over, yeah, I love to hang out for a little bit. You know, especially if everyone does well on the show. Like, it's a great time. Hell especially yeah. you know, we do the, the the bar. It's it's a cool. It's a good thing. I miss it. I can't wait for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I. No. I, I miss that part of it, and I I don't know. It's it's I think the the hardest part of stand up is just the that five to ten minutes before you start for me. That's like the worst. It's exciting though. I mean, it, 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 there's a reason you get nervous. Like, I'm sure, I get nervous because I care. You know, like that's a good thing. Yeah, but I get nervous even shows I don't care about. You know, well, that's that's like, that seems <laughs> damaging. That, that seems like that's not good for you. That's unhealthy. I think some people. I just get. I'm I. I'm one of those people I have stage fright. I'm always kind of like, oh, fuck. Because, you know, you're going up and people are going to judge you. And, you know, it. Yeah, it's the whole thing. You're going for a specific reaction. And I thought I would. I got a question. What? Go ahead. I was going to say, I got a question for you guys. So when you have, like, like say, friends coming to see you or, like, family or whatever, oh, does yeah. that make you more nervous or do you just not? You're like, eh, it's the same. It totally depends on on who it is. Like like if it's if it's family that has seen me already a bunch, then absolutely not at all. 
nervous, uh, like n- nothing. But if it's like a friend from college that has never seen me do stand up, that actually makes me more nervous than mm. like a hundred random strangers. Yeah, you want to do well. Yeah, because yeah. because because it's a huge thing. It's like oh, they they've been seeing on social media that you've been doing stand up for two, three, four, five years, whatever it is, and they've never seen you. And then if your first set, you just bomb your ass off. Like that's that's embarrassing. That yeah, is... and they're like, oh, good, good luck with that. <sighs> Yeah, it's I, I had a friend. For, I had a friend from college who surprised me at a show. Oh, that's terrible. That is yeah, terrible. and he watched me, and guess what? He heckled me the whole time. Oh well, he did. He know what he was doing? What a no, he he thought he was helping yeah, me I out. Every yeah. like Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> Were you guys good yeah. friends? Not really. He just saw it. That's why I, sometimes I don't put stuff up on Facebook because I don't want crap like that to happen. But Eric, that could have been uh, I, I feel like that would have been great opportunity for like real uh, real life crowd work. Like like um, like I don't know if the crowd would have known you weren't in on it because you could have just been like like, Inside. Yeah, like what's it whatever his name is like Daryl or whatever like yeah. that would have uh, that would have got a lot of laughs if you were just like getting mad at him yeah but it wasn't that kind of crowd it wasn't that kind of heckle it was the heckle yeah. where he's just being really loud after every joke loud oh, like okay. laughing or yelling yeah like laughing weirdly you know where you can't I really hate make, that yeah I hate when people laugh and then they repeat the punchline and then they they tell the other person next to them like what what's funny about what the guy just said. I I, I just do I just yelling out like bad memories from college. To you. Like, who was supposed to up on that girl? Yeah, That's remember what I was when everyone say. saw your your penis and they said it was small. Remember that? Yeah. I once I once was doing a show and I was bombing. Believe it or not, and um, <laughs> wow, was someone, I don't um, There was a woman in the front row. Every time I told a joke, she was whispering to the person next to her. And I go, well, why are you talking after every joke? And she goes, I'm translating. The, they don't speak English. I'm translating the jokes. And I was like, oh, great. I'm bombing in two languages. <laughs> I had to have hit. Yeah, a little bit. It was basically like I would tell a joke and then she, she would tell the joke. And the person who didn't speak English would be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's funny either. <laughs> Um, can I? All right, so can that's I just ask you? All right, so we were on your podcast. So when when did you start? Yeah, the Mangina Dialogues. July seventh, two thousand nineteen. Yeah, last July. Oh, wow. And how did you? How did you come up with that name for it? Yes, yes. <laughs> I I've always been curious. Greg. <laughs> I mean, I honestly the the total the truth is it just came to me in the shower. I'm not even joking. Like, I I watched. I probably I wasn't watched, there. I, yeah, I was gonna say. Wow, um, so it was a collaborative thing <laughs> in the shower. In the shower, and I was watching. I mean, I've watched Step Brothers that's a hundred times. And he tucked it back, and and, yeah. and it just. I just. I was just thinking. You know, me and Nick had talked about you know doing a podcast, and this is prior to even getting serious. And then I'm in the shower. And the, it just came to me. I'm like, Mangina Dialogues. <laughs> I was like, Oh, right. He says that whole thing where he goes, uh, he has a mangina. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's a scene where he's in the, in the talent contest and his brother, you know, Brendan has a mangina. Right, right. <laughs> Wait, I just, I haven't and seen And Greg ran problem. out of the shower, ran to his front yard, so he's naked. Yep. So, Nick, when you heard that name, were you like, yeah, immediately were you on board or did you... I, you know what? I didn't remember my reaction. I think I was like, I think I was just like, kind of like, okay, you know what? That's fucking funny. Who cares? Like, 
we'll see where this goes. Because it is very hard to name a, name something. Yeah, the original name for this podcast was the Joe Rogan Experience. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that it is they funny you say that. Out a lot of money from Spotify. <laughs> that it is hard to find a, a name that doesn't exist, and that's that's really what sealed it for me is because I spend my life in in intellectual property, right? So. I know how hard it is to come up with something that doesn't exist. And when you find something that does, that always helps you stand out. Right. When you say you spend your life in intellectual property, do you mean like with your like producing and stuff? No, my, my main job in, in consumer products. And right. uh, okay. So, um, but I've done, you know, I've, I've branched into lots of different things. So I advise on consumer products and intellectual property and celebrity and lots of stuff. So I'm, I'm in it. Like I'm in, I'm in intellectual property all day so you know and then when i went on and i was like searching mangina dialogue like nothing existed and i'm like this is the name (laughs) like this is this is the name you know because nothing there is nothing else out there nothing well it's sort of a a, a play on words or a spoof with that that the whole vagina Vagina monologues yeah for sure of course i said dialogues okay yeah yeah, yeah. right right right, right. you got me that's what it were it's a marriage of those two things right Actually, that's time, a really. The only fun. time I regret, the only time I regret this name is when I have to like, we have to email or DM people and be like, "Hi, I'm from this podcast." Right. <laughs> like, yeah, the MGD. Like I promise, we're we're a serious podcast. We've had good guests. We're not just two weirdos. We yeah. promise. I know the name's weird, but yeah. Have yeah, you gotten like have have there been times where people have told you like, oh, well, what do you talk about? Like, where because you don't specifically like. It's it's not like a podcast where you're like, oh yeah, we're going to talk about you know, because what is mangina really? Isn't that kind of like a term? <laughs> Wasn't well, it kind of like a term when they're kind of like, oh, you're like a pussy or something, right? No, no, yeah, no. but a mangina, <laughs> a mangina. I, I think Alex, yes. Alex, Alex has a a, a clear definition. Here. Yes, I mean, okay, I don't know right. about you guys. We could ask the experts on mangina uh, here. They're with us now, but the mangina is when a man. Uh, Tucks his penis and balls back and makes a man vagina. Yeah. Makes a vagina, right. but he's a man. Silence so of the lambs. Didn't you ever see Silence of the yeah, Lambs? I, I, I totally remember. Yeah, yeah, of course. Don't I'm pretend like, like you don't know, know what he's that. talking about. My first manginas were at football camp in high school. They were all over the place. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Yeah. Wow. Literally, my starting quarterback and wide receiver like woke me up. and They're like, turn on the light. And they were on top of their bed naked with their dicks between their legs. That is angina. That was my first experience. <laughs> wow! Did, did uh, you ever find that funny? Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Mm. I, I Eric, Eric is turned off by and this. Our coach and our best part was our coach saw came in, freaked out, and made us do up downs, basically like burpees mm. in our underwear <laughs> in the middle of the night, like two a.m. And I was so mad. And by underwear, he means his mangina. Right. <laughs> oh, so you did it? Literally, my boxers the worst what oh you did it you actually did it yeah i didn't do it i haven't oh. done it recently you know yeah. but <laughs> he's talking about when he was a boy at high school football in their cabin yeah we yeah we actually have only had two people ever um turn it down that i know of because of the name okay Okay. Uh, say their names or no? Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Kaylin Jenner. Yeah. Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> Jim Gaffigan. He Jim turned Gaffigan. because of the name? Yeah. And really? I get it. I get it. I, I see I, that. I, under, I get it from him. Uh, funny story, though. His wife said she would do it, 
if he wow. didn't do it. She's cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. totally. And then um, Pussy Jeremy Piven. Pussy Jeremy Piven. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so. Did you do you know him, or was that did you see him at a show or something, or how did no, it kind of a random? No, we we had a publicist um, back in the late part of nineteen, and um, she was just reaching out to people, and and she was friends of of Jeremy's, and basically sent me his note directly, like saying, "I'm not going on that fucking show <laughs> with wow. that name." <laughs> like, was this before or after he like um after that's after. raped everyone yeah, <laughs> definitely after um i've heard i mean listen i'm not he's a star that's fine whatever but uh, all of our experiences of talking to everybody and the guests we've had on no one seems to have had a good experience with that <laughs> so. yeah yeah i've heard i've heard that about you know it's funny i waited i waited tables back in like 96 and i waited on him and um he wasn't like he would at that point recognizing him was like a big deal and i'm sure it was to him um because he had been in like and i'm kind of one of the i i i remember really weird pop culture things like i can tell you actors names and weird movies and i like he had been in the movie um judgment <laughs> night what judgment night yeah do you remember Judgment Night with uh, Emilio yeah. Estevez? Yep. That and, movie's uh, great. How awesome the... soundtrack to that movie, too. What? I, I've never heard of that movie. That sounds it like came out in 90. Yeah, I want to watch it. You, it, it well, the soundtrack, movie. actually, they it was a big push for the soundtrack. Like that, I actually did buy the soundtrack because it's a lot of like. Um, isn't the soundtrack like a lot of hip hop groups mashed up with other non hip hop groups? It's actually, it's oh, actually cool. one of the. I, maybe not the first, but very early. Um, hip hop, heavy metal, combined band. So it was. Oh like, wow! Who are the bands uh, that they mashed up? One of them is um, Biohazard. Yeah. Um, who else? There's one with like Teenage Fan Club and like De La Soul or something. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a great soundtrack. The movie's fantastic, like awesome. Do you, you really like that? I mean, I I like yeah. that movie, but I feel like it's um, not thought of as like a great movie it's a very like simple you know who's in it is well De dennis leary is the main heavy bad guy yeah, um, yeah. he was doing um, that a lot in the 90s he was playing those roles and and it's about <laughs> i mean it i remember it's it's a very simple plot's been done over and over it's basically these four white guys actually well, cuba Gooding jr is in it so it's yep. but it's sort of for like four like wimpy guys and they're they're driving in this like big winnebago and, winnebago and um it breaks down in a bad neighborhood and they see like a gang murder someone. Yeah. And then the gang is like, Dennis Leary's the, the leader of the gang. Oh yeah. And I saw this like, movie. We have to like kill them. Um, Steven Dorff is in it too. Steven Dorff. It's a powerhouse cast. <laughs> you know, what's another going back to fucked up good movies that Jeremy Piven was in besides PCU. Like, uh, uh, very bad things. Oh no, that's an interesting. I was just thinking about that movie the other day because it's a weird movie. Did you oh, like yeah. that movie? I I love that movie. Do you, you really? I just. To, oh yeah. Wait, go ahead. What? You know who was supposed to be in that movie? No. Well, Adam Sandler. No way. And as, he turned it who? down. He turned it down for the Water Boy. Good movie. Which was, which was, yeah, because the movie was kind of a bomb. <laughs> I, you know, I just watched Very Bad Things like about four months ago because it was on really late at night. And I was like, you know, I've never seen this. I'm going to watch it. I really didn't like it. I thought it like the tone of it like didn't because it it's supposed to be a comedy, but it, it's kind of like it's 
kind of too dark, I thought. Oh, it's such a dark-ass comedy. <laughs> like, it's such a comedy of fucking errors that, like, and it's so twisted. Like, everything about that movie starts out, you're like, you're like okay, this is kind of cool. And then it just goes off the rails in twisted twisted ways yeah with, and like I mean, really bad like they, they they start like killing each other right yeah and i know the end is super dark too oh super dark i mean yeah. doesn't it end where he like has no limbs or something yes and, yes <laughs> like it John Favreau. <laughs> yeah it's crazy That's how I my comedy career ends. <laughs> i love that movie then they pinned the, the you know they killed a stripper on the towel rack and yeah the, yeah bathroom. But so when I so when I met Jeremy Piven, I was like, "Hey, man, like, you're Jeremy Piven, right?" And he almost looked like shocked. He was like, "And I'm and I'm." He was like, "Yeah, man, yeah, yeah." I, I remember he he talked really <laughs> weird, and I was like, "Yeah, you were in like Judgment Night," and like that's kind of all. And I knew him. You know what else I knew he was in was, uh, and I'm sure he was like, "What the was." He's in One Crazy Summer because he's he was like John Cusack's best friend growing yes. up, so. Mm-hmm. He's in all early on. He's in a lot of John Cusack movies as like a nothing part. He was supposed. Um, to, he was supposed to be in High Fidelity too. Yeah, there's there was a time where he, John Cusack was basically like, if I'm in the movie, this guy has to be in the movie he, too. He, that was the, they had a falling out because he was supposed to be the Jack Black part in High Fidelity, and that was the movie that made High uh, Jack Black a star. So I, it, you know, I guess he was kind of bitter about it for a while. But I he, think they made the right move on that. But Pippen was <laughs> also, I mean, he was on TV for a, a while with um, the Ellen Show. Uh, no, early '90s when he was on Ellen, and then he was on Larry Sanders. Oh right, right. right. He was right. So I remember I mean, when he was on the Ellen yeah. Show. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he was in on TV for a long time. He, yeah, he was. He was like just bopping around and things, but I think he yeah. it just took him to Entourage to be like a star. Sure. And he totally, um, he, I feel like his hair transplant um, made his career because if you, first of all, he, he plays in Seinfeld when they do the episode where they're doing the pilot based on Seinfeld, right. he plays George. Yep. So he's like really, <laughs> he's almost completely bald at that point. And that was in like 93. And then in Entourage, he has his full head of hair and like, it's arguable that he couldn't have played Ari Gold without that hair trans. You know what I mean? Without he couldn't have done that bald. You know what I mean? Such a did you know, like? Are you aware that he had a hair transplant? I I don't. I mean, it's we're really not, getting uh, into the important things here. <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, it's obvious that something because even like if you think back to, I mean, I just started watching all the Larry Sanders shows again because of HBO Max, and he he's bald. I mean, he's basically like huge you know i mean yeah you usually don't get more hair when right you're older. right so once that happens it's kind of like it happens and then yeah he's got hair <laughs> so, but and it, it's kind of like it's almost like watching um like a shy girl get breast implants or something how it completely alters who they are because you can see him in layers because did she get breast implants i don't know i'm not saying um <laughs> I have some inside info. Did she get a hair transplant on her chest? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Look at, look at, look at pictures from Taylor Swift now, and then I don't know. Oh, eight really? Years ago. Yeah. But like, because he, you can, because the parts he was playing before the hair transplant are the very kind of like schlubby, 
like he's playing George basically, you know, and yeah. then when he, and then also he's Ari gold. He's like the, the really super confident alpha. It kind of turned him to like an alpha guy. Um, and this went, go ahead. Go ahead, sir. I was just going to say, so then I, um, going back to judgment night a little bit. So then I remember like when he became really big, Jerry Piven, I heard, I read some news article where him and Steven Dorff got into a fight in, at a bathroom entrance at like a club years after judgment night um yeah i think that was in new york actually yeah i, I remember and, something like that and it was like they were quoted like people were quoting them as saying things like like steven dorff said like um you're not even in movies like you're on tv like i'm in movies um it's just so funny to like hear this like the you know like two hollywood actors fighting and like what they would fight about that that would be a thing that they would throw out at each other but it seems like that's what it all comes down to is like well, and the fact that Stephen Dorff was considered himself kind of like a movie star was also yeah. kind of funny to me he was he he lost out on the role in Titanic to Leo Stephen Dorff mm-hmm well, the other th- another thing about Judgment Night. So when it came out, Stephen Dorff wasn't really big. He was kind of an up and coming, hot like new star guy. And I remember he did this like interview in like Movie Line or something where he shits on everyone in Hollywood because he was really cocky. And Judgment Night was coming out, and he was like, "Yeah, Judgment Night is shit. I only did it because for the money." Um, which I thought I was like, "Oh, okay." So like, even the guy in the movie uh, hated the movie. Do you remember that there was like a time where Steven Dorff was kind of like they were trying to ma- make him like he was going to be the next kind of like Johnny Depp, you know? I think it was the, he was going to be the next Ethan Hawke. <laughs> they, they they seem interchangeable to me. Yeah, but you know how that happens? Like someone comes along and they've done like yep. one or two things, and they're like, "Oh, this is going to be the next guy." And it was yeah. it's I like I follow weird things like this, but I I remember like always kind of being surprised that Stephen Dorff never really. I don't. Are you into these like pop? Co- you're, you're into movies, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, get, I actually I have a just quick question for the group because we were talking about Piven was on Ellen show. Yep. What does everyone th- you've been reading a lot about what's going on with her Ellen and her talk show? I don't want if anyone has any opinions on that. I, I heard a little bit, but Eric, what's the key set us up here? What, no, basically like, that her workplace, you know, she acts like she's such a nice person. Basically, um, she's a total bitch. Is basically right. what it that, and, that and seems. Now they're suing, and apparently really? working on that show is just a nightmare. They're it's having like an toxic. investigation about like her being a bitch, which is like it, that's weird. <laughs> like it's not like against the law to be a cunt, right? <laughs> In LA, they do have the bitch police. I guess. It's a whole department yeah. of LA. <laughs> like, I don't They're like. First, first of all, like, she looks really. It's not surprising me that she's mean. Yes. She just kind of looks, looks mean. mean. 100%. Yeah. Um, and I, I never really watched that show. And I think it was because of the whole. She just was annoying to me, like the dancing. And I, I think I didn't like the whole the idea of like, be kind to each other. And she would have celebrities on it. It was that kind of celebrity interview where she would just be like, oh, you're so great, you know? And yeah. they're like, yeah, I am great. Um, <laughs> so I, it doesn't surprise me that it's always the thing where like, whenever they're, they're trying so hard to convey an image, it's like always the opposite image. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it de- it definitely doesn't oh, surprise at, uh, me. This is a, this is oh, a go ahead. Example, but look at like look at like Bill Cosby, right? Like that's exactly a very extreme example, but right, America's dad. You would call up Eddie Murphy and be like, "Don't say the n word." Blah 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 blah. 
Meanwhile, drugging and raping women. Like, it's always those people. It's right. Those and people. then, like, like Ice Cube is, like, the, a nice family guy. You know what I mean? If you look back at, like, 1987, like, Bill Cosby and Ice Cube. Remember how Ice Cube was just thought of as, like, Ice Cube was just going to murder you if he saw you? <laughs> same with Snoop. Snoop is the same. Now, oh, yeah, 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 he's like, he's a got, like teddy bear. six kids, and it's crazy. I mean, he's a lot game, of weed game shows and stuff. What, yeah. what, one Pardon. thing I, I will say is it's not surprising. I agree, the Ellen thing, like her being a bitch, and I've heard that in comedy and you know, from people for a while, uh, that she's like difficult to work with and stuff. But what are they actually doing? What is like that? Uh, something that doesn't make sense to me is like, how can they? Yeah. I mean, it's a successful show, right? Like, what are they trying to do? Like, well, they just, things, it I seems like, like they're just they're, saying it's a difficult place being, to work and they're not nice there. Yeah. No, That's I understand that, but either, it, it's either Ellen's being a huge bitch or the, the people are being too sensitive and they're like, we're going to sue her or work. Yeah, what are they suing? I think the company is doing like an investigation, meaning oh, like into the, okay. into the work culture, an like internal kind of investigation, like, kind of do. like if Got it's it. an abusive environment. Yeah. That's like, all nonsense. And Ray, and it the whole thing, the big thing too. It. And they kind of were like what people were talking about is that there's a lot of like racism thing, like a lot of oh, like, racism, like yeah. people oh, who work, there saying racist comments and, um, it's just so funny. It's really great to see this with with Hollywood. How like now you kind of can't get away with being complete because that that business is just full of shitty people treating you shitty. And now it's funny how like they they're kind of not able to get away with it anymore. It's kind of nice to to watch that. Like, have you had experience? Because I, I know in my experience in this business, I've just dealt with people and I'm like, wow, people are like really mean in this business. Yeah, Has that been yeah, your experience? I, I never to me, but I. I have several very close friends who are talent agents at, at big, big agencies. And I, I used to go down into their offices all the time and walk freely around. And, you know, I knew a lot of people there and I cannot tell you how many times I have heard agents like be, couldn't be meaner to their assistants or interns, like oh, yeah. really, really terrible like over nothing. And I saw one guy, I will not say who he is, but big music agent totally stripped down his female intern for literally getting the wrong salad dressing for his salad <laughs> to the point she was in tears, right? In tears in front of him while he is dressing her down over fucking salad dressing. Yeah, it's so, and and that's thought of as like a rite of passage in that business, right? Yeah, like, I guess. It, I mean, you're supposed so to many treat stories about you know interns getting shit on forever and assistants and you know the same shit in Entourage with the, or the assistant guy, but like until you see that as like real, it's like ter like terrible. I I was like I can't believe, that. and then he laughed. <laughs> he was literally she leaves she's really? laughing like haha, look what I did to my assistant. <laughs> I mean, that, what a fucking absolute piece of shit yeah. monster. Absolute I mean, piece it, of shit. It's just like crazy that those people are just walking around. Yeah. Did, did well, anyone here mind. ever see that movie Swimming with Sharks? Yes. Yes, I was going to yes. mention yeah. that. If you haven't Kevin seen Spacey. it, it's, Kevin yeah. Spacey is a horrible person, so it's kind of like a documentary. But yeah. uh, <laughs> Well, he is a good actor. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's like that. It's about what he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, Frank Whaley plays the assistant, and it's, it's very much about how Frank Whaley – Frank Whaley uh, was very enamored with movies growing up and he didn't really know anything about showbiz and he gets this job and he just kind of destroys his life. And then Frank Whaley like takes him hostage, right? At the end, he's going to like, he has him yeah. at gunpoint. 
Um, I think I saw that before I got into like you know stand up, and then later I was like, oh yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah, I've seen same. it a bunch of times. It's a good. I think it's a good movie, it, and it is. It is kind of true. It, it's really sad, you know. And it's and funny I, because every year, like Hollywood Reporter puts out their um, they like a list of the top twenty um, like new agents, right? Mm -hmm. And you look at it, you and it's like this this girl is a new um, motion picture agent at WME. And it shows her like lineage of who she worked for at the different agencies and how she worked her way up through the training program and all that other bullshit. And I read those all the time and I'm like, oh my God, this girl went through fucking hell. <laughs> hell. Yeah. <laughs> to get to the, you know, that level of, of, you know, being an agent at, at a big agency. It's, so, it's, so that's why it's kind of nice to watch a little bit of like them being called out for the toxic behavior or some people yeah. being called out for it because now it's like, Oh shit. Like you can't just, I mean, I'm sure, you know, it'll still happen and you can get away with it, but like not as much like now people have an outlet with like social media. Like you can ruin people now with like, it used to just be like, Oh yeah. Treat them like shit. Whenever now it's like, Oh yeah, you can actually, people have found their power on the other end. I remember like when I was in college, I was, um, interested in acting and i knew this producer guy that went to the, my college he had he'd graduated years before and he was like hey i me and another guy wanted to be actors and he was like hey i know this big casting director in la and i set up a call with her for you guys to like maybe get advice and we were like oh great great and um we got on the phone with her fucking you know the, the other guy it was me and him on the call he was talking more early on just started screaming at him and i'm not even kidding from fucking from the beginning of the call throughout the entire call just yelling at us like yeah. and i mean it was like I, I was like oh my you know i hadn't i was like this is the business i'm trying to get into um and this was set up by like a friend what's wrong with me well like it's like the guy was like well so like what's the difference like you know in terms of like you know film and tv and she was like well, what do you mean you, you know the difference between like the, the film market tv market what's wrong and i i swear she was screaming and i was just like oh my god this is gonna be and i remember being like this is not gonna be a good next 20 years yeah yeah i you know i think i think people i don't know like i i think the part of it too is you know, people that are at such a top of their career, like an Ellen or an Oprah, like you're always going to have people that you've rubbed the wrong way for whatever reason, mm -hmm. right? So whether it's warranted or not, you know, to get to that level, you have to have a different kind of drive than the average person, right? So I could certainly see that coming off as being a bitch or a cunt or you know, racist, I, I think is a little, yeah, that, that one's a little, a little steep. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't watch Ellen religiously, but enough to see that there's, I, I, w I would be very surprised <laughs> if that was yeah. a back, you know, a backstory to this. Well, that it, it was basically, through. they were saying em employees who worked there, not her directly, but the, right. the like black uh -huh. people who worked there said like the higher up employees would make uh -huh. comments or very demeaning. So, right. oh, well, that, that I would believe, but that pretty much is, I that's mean, anywhere. Yeah, that's anywhere. Yeah. And yeah, and it's, I guess it is Not that, that, you know, good. when you see people like, you know, you, I'd always hear stories about like, you're right about if you get to that level, you've probably had like a drive or, you know, you're probably not nice to everyone. But like, I remember hearing about like James Cameron, people would complain about like, when he, after he made Avatar, they were like, you know, he was really like a bully on set and he would like be really mad. And I was like, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> 
is making Avatar. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. like that's a little stretch. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's kind of a big project to be taking on. So maybe he's not going to be looking out for everyone's feelings on the set well, of Avatar. Well, you can you know, say pl- the same thing about Ellen. She has an empire. This, I mean, I get, I get that it's just a talk show, whatever daytime show. But I mean, think about how successful she has been for how long. I mean, in terms of stand-up yeah. comedians that have, have turned into you know mega famous careers, she's she's up top top three, top four, like with the most reach ever. So I'm not I'm not condoning. You don't, you don't get that far without right. stepping on some people. And right. also, right. I, right. exactly, people, exactly. It's, it's, the reality is, you know, she she is probably on a given shoot day. You know, when they're taping the show, only deals with I would think five people. Right. Right. So she deals with her EP. She deals with her cost, you know, her, her wardrobe person, her makeup person. And then, you know, obviously the director and then maybe like one other person that's, you know, in, in charge of um, segments. She's not dealing fluffers. She's not dealing. She probably has a staff of 200 people, if not 300 that work on that show. She's dealing with a handful. So yeah, every day she's not going down the line of 300. Like you fucking asshole. (laughs) Well, that's actually the thing that came out is that one, one person was picked on every week to get, to get like an earful from Ellen. That was like the earlier. Yeah. That was one of the stories. Um, Which is that sounds weird because that seems like she's going into her day like with the idea that she's gonna take it out on one person. Do I, you also seems- think? Do you also think it's that business? It's very like the climate is very like we were talking about before, where it's it's thought of as like a rite of passage to to like mm-hmm. be, become an assistant. You yell at the assistant, you treat them like shit, you kind of see if they can take it, and then you work your way up, and then it's kind of like it's like hazing. Like yeah, now it's, it's like, my yeah. turn, so it's kind of like. Once you get there, you're like, well, I had to do take all this shit to get For here. Sure. Now it's my turn. And I, I, I don't even think it's like a conscious decision. But once you've made it in that business, that's such a cutthroat, hard business. You're kind of like probably your attitude is like, look, I'm yeah, I'm not going to be. I didn't you know, I put up with a lot of shit to get here. I'm not going to be nice to right. everybody. I, I think there's probably some of that. But I, I also think that it, that's probably not the norm across the board. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, you think so? I, I don't. I. I mean, I'm. I spent a lot of time on on big movie sets and at the studios and in agencies and in productions, and I just I can't say that outside of a couple of instances like the one I mentioned, I've really ever seen people taking advantage, like outwardly taking advantage of people beneath them for just for sport. So you've never really experienced anything or anyone else? Have you experienced something where like you got in a situation like that met someone really powerful or some, I don't know, someone famous and there was some kind of uh, treatment that was, in a, you know, I don't know, just super negative or abusive? I have, but yeah. I mean, abusive. Or just like where you're like, whoa, dude, come on, like relax. Like, what are you? Why are you so mad at me? I mean, I've met a, like big comedians where I'm like, wow, you seem really angry at me. At you? Yeah, I had a bad. One. I had a bad thing with Janine Garofalo once. She oh, was that's really right. Mad at but me. she wasn't abusive, right? I mean, we talked. I mean, she was just very mean to me, and <laughs> you could say abuse. I don't know. Yeah, like she was just very rude. She follow you to the men's room to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had I I was hired to write a script for 
this woman, um, talent agent here in New York, and she like we I wrote the script, fully wrote the script, you know, and and went back and forth with her for like a year on this project with my writing partner and completed it. And we had a locked up deal on paper contract, right? And it's really the only time I truly ever got like, well, the other time I did too, but this was a true fucking that she decided after we wrote the script to what she wanted, that she wanted to work with, a different writer who is a friend of hers after we did all the work and basically said, I'm not working with you guys anymore. I'm going to work with this person because I don't like your script. And we're like, what? <laughs> that didn't make any sense. And, you know, we had an agent at the time and he was like, she is totally breaching the contract, but you're kind of fucked because what are you going to do? Like, all you can do is either sue her now, right? Try to Garofalo. It was Janine Garofalo. <laughs> or you could do what I've chosen to do, which is let her continue down Start this path, right? which has been a long time now, and I'm sure it's going nowhere, but she would constantly post updates, like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I would send her a note and be like, I'm just letting you know that the second you go into production, I'm letting the production company know that there's a claim out there on this script. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. So you guys know that if you go to get production insurance, if there's anything like that, you can't get it and you can't raise money. So I, I basically guess. trolled her for the last six years. And then we blew up her house. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it would implode into its ass up. Right, right. You're right. We paid those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. As Good I save. Said, Good save. As I said. Yeah. If I had to plug, I had to plug in my computer. I was about to die. So, oh shit, mine's gonna die soon. Well, uh, I mean, we are pretty much uh, at our hour. I mean, I also selfishly have to eat dinner. <laughs> I do want to say, I have to say, I just yeah. want to address this this one elephant in the room with oh. Alex. That Jesus, you, your bed is incredibly neat. <laughs> Yeah, do you make wow. it? I made like, it. Yeah, I did. Wow. It's a fake background. Here, it's a virtual background. No, no, yeah, yeah. Let me see if I could. Uh, yeah, hold on. Let me get the light on in here. Well, what's amazing is like me and Eric it's have like been to his apartment a lot, and like that's not the bed you would imagine. It's would be. Well, oh, by the way, he's got well, some he's very mom now, right? Very cute daisies in the corner. By the way, also <laughs> sunflowers. Oh, sunflowers. Those are fake. These that's why he moved up. I'm just impressed because. Well, that is my mom's doing, but the bed is all my doing. I well, I make the bed every day. Good that looks you. like a hotel. Like when you yeah. when you come back after you go to the pool. Well, thank are you. You in the army? Like those are. <laughs> yeah. I am. Uh, no, I am a police officer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't. Those know are good. Good tucks. <laughs> like you can come over and look make at my bed. bed. <laughs> What's going on with your bed? Well, I mean, that's a problem. That's correct. That's a I'm problem. That. I'm saying you, your bed's in your room in general is very depressing, Tom. <laughs> my my bed? Yes. Oh, uh, what does that mean exactly? It's depressing. Looks, yeah, it looks like like a depressed man lives in that room. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I'm okay. Well, that's probably because I live here. So <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. No, no. I actually no, no. I actually am roommates with the lead singer of Radiohead. Oh, really? <laughs> Tom York. <laughs> Yeah, so that's yeah. his bed. Wow. He's very depressed. 
Wow, that's awesome. It makes sense. It makes sense. I, I, I could see Tom living in that room. <laughs> Um, yeah, I used to have a joke about, uh, you know, how come no one ever lives next door to a, a, a really good band? You know, because when they, there's always like someone lives next door to a band that practices and they're too loud. It's always like a shitty band. Like, imagine if you live next door to like uh, Radiohead when they were practicing. You're like, wow, can you guys turn this up? <laughs> That's good. Genius. Um, all right. Well, you know, uh, thanks a lot for doing this, you guys. Um, yeah, you guys Mangina, Mangina Dialogues. And uh, who you guys have had some really good guests recently, right? I've been seeing uh, yeah, plug who, the who have you had recently. Yeah, who could people listen to? Oh, wow. We have, this week we have Jay Moore. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the one I saw. How, did, did you guys know him or had he been on before? Uh, no, we've He's done. He's my dad. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, there you go. Oh, wow. oh, that's so cool. He could man. be. Yeah. He actually could be Scope's father. <laughs> he could. Nick, are you, you, are you like in your did 20s? Did you get him to do impressions? Wait, we say that again? I'm what? sorry. Did you get him to do impressions? No, actually. Uh, I think he did a little walk in. He might have oh, did. Okay. Oh, his little... walk in is perfect. He did a fairy cat. He did oh, right. a fairy cat. Yeah. That yeah. was right on. Oh, and that's Jay, Jay's like fifty. He's fifty, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's fifty. Like this. Yeah, this I'm month. thirty-two, so he would have had to have me young. But yeah, he could be my dad. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, Jay Moore yeah. could be my dad. I'm twenty-eight. Yeah, so Jay was awesome. We uh, we've done a bunch of stuff with the comedy dynamics people. Oh, cool. Um, and we actually, it's not going to come out this week. It's probably going to come out next week, uh, the week after, rather, with Brian Volkweiss, the the oh yeah, the of- He's, yeah, yeah. He, they're the ones that uh, distributed my movie. Yeah, they're they're awesome. He's phenomenal. We yeah. So that that was an awesome one for us just to talk to someone like him. We had Barry Cat. Barry yeah. Cat was a big one. Yeah, Barry was ridiculous. Like, do you guys know guy? him, or how do you do? You, do you get it through your publicist, or what do you? Because you guys no. have consistently good guests. Um, I. You know, I have the long history in, in entertainment and in music, so I just tap a lot of the publicists that I know um, nice. or people that I've met directly. You know, I, I'm in LA, I used to be in LA a lot, so I was at the comedy store a lot. Mm. So I would just, you know, chat up people and really just a lot of social media networking for the most part. But right. um, no, it's you know, great, comedy man. dynamics came through a publicist, which is how we built that relationship. And they just feed us all the people that they have specials coming out with. Oh, did you did you do stuff with them or in the past? No, I just it just all materialized through um, a publicist who I know. Oh, okay. I should hit them up because yeah, I know I know those guys. Yeah, you should. You should. They. they, I mean, they're the the giant on the street right now as far as putting out comedy stuff, and they're on the new Peacock Network. They have a thing out there, so it's really awesome. They're they're killing it. Um, all right, well, that's great. So that's everyone great, check man. it out. Yeah, yeah man, Dialogues. Um, and thanks, thanks again for, for doing it and yeah. also having us on. I mean, we really had a good – I know I'll speak for myself. Uh, I had a great time on the podcast. It's it's a great podcast yeah. for anyone listening that hasn't heard of uh, Mangina Dialogues. Uh, you should definitely, definitely go check uh, them out. Give them a story. Media Podcast Network. Yes. Yeah, bringing it, bringing it home. Do you guys, you guys, do, um, yeah. do, you guys do video still? Yeah, you're doing the video with the Zoom, right? Yeah, we you know if we're doing Zoom, we'll record it and, and put it out on our YouTube channel. That's good. Yeah, so check them out on YouTube too. Get those. Numbers. There's a lot. Yeah, and that, that's 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 network's getting a lot of good people. Alice Cooper has a show. And, oh yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. The guy, uh, Vincent Pastores. Uh, so, yeah, we're all. Yeah. Uh, our, our boy, Adam Glenn, who's like a celebrity interviewer. He's yeah. Like buddies with Shaq. I can't wait for the Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> is there Christmas this year or is Christmas <laughs> off? I don't yeah, know. Probably not. I don't know. We'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a Christmas party out here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you guys should come out if you ever want to come out to Connecticut and do some shows as. Dude. As, Progressive. Tom, you want to take a ride Definitely. up there? I'd, I'll I'd be there tomorrow. That would be great. I miss. <laughs> I'm not booked. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So thanks. Uh, thanks again, Greg Alperin and uh, Nick Scopes. Man yeah. Great job, guys. Lives. Thank yeah, you. Thanks so much. Right, guys. Oh, no, thanks, man. Good later. time. Take All care. right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.